Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. This is Curious Anarchy, the podcast, and we're back once again with another episode of Curious Muse. I'm your host, Jermaine Gregory, aka Curious Anarchist, and I today am alongside my wonderful and amazing co host, Mark Wilson, aka Content Anarchy. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Very well, thank you. Very well. It's um, quite a chilly day today, but it's not raining. <laughs> So I suppose that's a good sign. It's probably it's one of the very chilly today, today yeah. on this episode, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. It's been very chilly today in the UK, but I am warmed up by the idea that I'm speaking to the best host uh, most shows could present if they had the uh, foresight to employ people with ideas. But you know, we are where we are. Indeed, indeed, and. What's the phrase? We move. That's it. Exactly. We do move. So, what's on the agenda for today then? Well, Jermaine, you told, if you remember, you told me a couple of weeks ago, probably about two or three weeks ago, that there were lots of shifts happening in the uh, astromo- astronomical plane. Astrological. Yeah, 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 yeah. Astronomical and astrological, yes. Both of those things. And I've been keeping an eye open. And, and what I've noticed is we're moving into a time where people are acting as if whether people believed in the pandemic or not, we're acting as if the thing is finished now, which I find <laughs> interesting. I find it interesting because um, it seems to be done on the terms of impatience and economics rather than on any great medical thing either way. You know, I don't think anything has dramatically changed from where we were a month ago. Interesting. But interesting. there is a movement away from that. So, so how do I know that? Or, or what's making me think that is the world news mm-hmm. the agendas have changed so what we're looking at now and I, and I wanted to raise this Jermaine because I wanted to raise it in terms of are we just going to go back to the old normal then is that what the is that I what thought, we're moving towards I thought there was a new normal well I'm not certain we're not going back to the very old normal we had before and I'll try and break that down and see if, if you agree or disagree with that Try me. Um, me. Well, to start off with, we we have been forewarned that in April, in the UK, we're going to have the the largest assault on uh, the working class population there's ever been in terms of economics, uh, in terms of companies charging huge amounts of money. We've been forewarned that it's going to happen. And the population's sitting there and just taking it going well what can we do and it's it's, yeah it's very docile considering you know you don't usually get warnings on things like this you usually have to sort of like it just hits you if you remember where we were last year when we were talking about the pod on the podcast we were talking about economics remember we talked about they were going to increase the tax burden to cover care because they misspent the care money and then we were talking about the struggle to get uh, energy sources from around the world to get to the UK so the companies were suffering and now yeah. we and now the excrement is about to hit the fan and we're just watching all this and going oh fair enough there you go this it's sounds like a case of Brexit well it's more than that it's more than that it's 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 like we've been I feel like you know like that situation where Christmas Eve or whatever those people that eat meat they spent like the evening beforehand ba- basting the turkey and now it feels like we're being warned we're about to go into the oven that's the bit 
I'm saying to you. And and so what's my first indication of that? Let's get on to the actual news items that are making me think this. Well, the first one, as you know, is the one that's probably the most urgent in the world press at the moment, which is Russia's attempt to give the image that it's going to invade Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Now, what what shapes an idea like this? I think we should say what, alleged attempt. I, I said the I gave the impression. I didn't say they were doing that. I, said, <laughs> I just wanted I said, to be careful with the word. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. But what what gives us the impression that this is about to happen? What 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 happens in case in scenarios like this? Because this is an old tried and trusted method amongst mm-hmm. many countries in the world. Many many countries. Mm-hmm. What you get is a build up around the the area that's going to be. Uh, given a hard time. So what you get is an increase in troop movements, in plane movements, in ship movements. You get all those things happening. And, and for example, the West will always point at North Korea, how they always do that when they're about to cause problems. Mm. So so it's like interesting that, that Russia is taking this movement. Now... I was going to say, North Korea has been pretty quiet recently. Well, not as quiet as you think, but it has been... It's not been in the news. I don't yeah, think being quiet I mean, being in yeah. the news... They're not the same thing, you know, because if the agenda looks somewhere else, it's not because they're not doing the same thing they were doing six months ago. It's just that when when it reports on North Korea, it tend, tends to be slow, slow news times. If you've got a build-up of, a, you know, sort of a, one of the world powers around one of its uh, former satellite countries or provinces, whatever, that's going to take the news way more than, than anything North Korea could do, unless mm. it's actually made in the country. So why is why would we think that Russia is is making this, doing this? What what's the the? This, this is one of the queries for me because I'm aware of the the fallout of the Soviet Union, then the, the breaking apart and all of that. But why is it that the Ukraine? Because I, I swear it was like was it two years ago? Also, um, there was some stuff going on in in Ukraine as well. So. What, what is this territory about, this this geographical location? What's so special about it? Well, so there's a number of things. It's it's, it's very rarely geographical as such, although it's geographical, geographical in the sense that it used to be part of the greater USSR. It's not it's not really ge- a, a geographical thing because there are loads of ex-USSR places around that region. So it's not just that. But so there's two things special about that location. That's that's what I mean. So there's, well, there's two things that spring to mind. The first one is a little bit of Ukraine's doing. For the past couple of years, Russia and Ukraine have been at, at loggerheads with each other. I think the biggest concern Russia has is that Ukraine is threatening to join the um, NATO. NATO yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a big factor because if you think about it, if Ukraine stayed neutral, that would be fine for Russia. But if it starts aligning with the Western powers against Russia, that threatens Russia's security then. So, Because I remember Russia saying last week that they were going to send warships to Cuba. So what that is, is that that's a sense of, well, if you're going to start edging closer towards the, the Russian you know, borders, will it go closer to the American borders? Simultaneously. So well, it's just a tit-for-tat thing, isn't it? It's like mm. a... a it's like playing a game of chess, I suppose. You know, like you, you, if you're moving your queen close to me, I'm going to move my queen close to you, sort of thing. A, a lot of it seems like little boys playing in the playground, 
Um, you've got what? Russia, one of the bigger bullies, America, one yeah. of the bigger bullies, and then the Ukraine, the little brother, if you like, that's hanging on to the coattails of, that's, that's tugging on the coattails of Russia. Um, well, I mean, you can say, you can Russia's put it in like, those Get terms. away, get away. Yeah. I mean, you can put it in those terms, Jermaine, but also you have to look at the fact that Russia has never been truly accepted by the West, even when it... Absolutely right. And, and so, you know what? One of the significant things for me is, is actually finding out that Russia was a significant part of the World War. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a significant part. You could argue it was the most major part of the world. Well, without yeah. Russia in the war, <laughs> we probably would right. be speaking German. But that is it's never just, acknowledged. Never acknowledged. I did not learn that in, in school textbooks. I'll tell you that. But also our, our so-called hatred for the Russians came after the after the Second World War when it was the uh, the race for seizing territory in the former parts that Germany had had. So so they became the complete antithesis of, of the West. So that, that it was like a game of dominoes, who could get the next country, etc. And and when you consider what they did in the war in terms of in terms of saving the so-called democracies of the, of, of, of the liberal world. I mean, although they saw the West Seas saw Russia at the time as being a, a, a threat as a communist nation, they, there was no doubt that Russia, the Russian, the Eastern Front saved the West well, um, militarily. I, I mean, Russia at the time, at least, or, or within that that period of time, was an ally, I guess. Well, it, you see, this is the thing. Churchill made a very famous speech where he's, he called them an ally, but then he said after the war, but but we're putting up these, this Iron Curtain. You know, there was this very famous um, imagery of a, an Iron Curtain, which obviously didn't exist, but the point being that economically and industrially, Russia was as powerful as the West. So the, the, because with, the, with China, it was a bamboo curtain. And we can see the difference in imagery there. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so the point is, Russia in 1989 turned from communism to joining capitalism. And one of the things it's done since, and this is a big factor in how this is all playing out, it's, it's flooded the West with how the West describes it is dirty money. Mm. So, like a lot of the UK is 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 bought and paid for in, with Russian dirty money. Mm-hmm. Um, Along with the do fact, people know that. Do yes, people, absolutely. Are we aware? Yes, we. Of course, we are. Of course, we are. Mm. That's why. That's why it keeps coming up at times like this. Mm. You know, would Russia really want to cause a problem when they all their money's flooding Europe? But the other side of it is as well, is that um, Russia has had an influence, and it's funny how amnesic people get. Russia had an influence in the American and the British elections. <laughs> Right, it's it's something that was mentioned at the time and then falls off all agendas. Mm. Like we don't talk about it anymore. And there's no doubt got the blame for that. Well, there's no doubt that, that, that they were involved with Trump's election, hundred percent. I mean it's come out so many times now. So that's one factor. And then the other factor is it's, it's it, it was actually involved with Boris's sort of like you know talking to Boris about deals and help it's around a, the election. Question, question. Right? Is just just for like a little bit of clarity, has it been confirmed that it was definitely Russia, or is it alleged that it was Russia? Well, well uh, what you're confirming which bit in particular? No, that Russia had influence. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty much it's pretty much confirmed. I mean, there was okay, okay. There were times when, for example, Trump. Had meetings with the Russians, whether whether he 
you know, CIA or whatever were there. So it's not like it's not like it was some secluded thing that no one knows about. They were there. It was all recorded. If the CIA was there, why is this information out? Or how did this information get out? I, I would presume it because, would have been... Because they had to account for why there were operations happening like that. Uh, okay. You know, it's accountability. You can't you can't just use... Uh, what do they call them? You know, what are the FBI and CIA? You can't just use... Um, uh, divisions of the of the uh, USA Democratic forces in 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 procedures and 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 in meetings without uh, you know having some reference points. Yeah. So they're, they're there. It's not you can't do it as a covert thing. Mm. Um, and I think if I remember rightly, and I, you might have to check this one. I'm pretty certain around the British election that Russia was involved with Boris on some level, like not probably not as much as in the the, the United States, but I think there was oh, some. There was some crossover, is what I think. Yeah, um, and I think it. Well, I mean, there was the um, Cambridge Analytica that I, I just mentioned. Yeah, they remember that? Their, their yeah. involvement with that and looking into the way that they manipulated social media was like wow. It, but I think they have a big plan in that. I mean, Russia has a big play in, in playing yeah. in that. You know, um, supposedly. This, this this is what we're being told right now i i don't know because russia may well just be you know it may be may well be that russia is a, a big country um it has lots of money it's got lots of power but they're not particularly concerned with you know the west as long as the west stays out of its business um where the west may be interfering so to speak um, Russia may become slightly agitated by that and then begin this process of posturing, which we keep doing over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. I do actually wonder, because I, as far as I'm aware, I haven't heard that it's absolutely 100% confirmed that Russia did um, have involvement in influencing the elections. I don't know, but as far as I am aware that we're being told that it is Russia. You're being told it's Russia. This this is what we've we've been told so far. It hasn't been confirmed. It's just <laughs> it's just this idea. Uh, there's just strong suggestions, and 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 to be honest, the, the Russian way of of international diplomacy is is a bit gung ho. So it, it's it's quite possible it happened. But more importantly, see, rather um, than focusing on that, we isn't? well. It's in a different way. It's in um, it's in the like way it's been doing for two hundred years. I'm saying this is much more. It's uh, more retaliation. It's more erratic. It's more erratic. Let's put it like that. Now, now, more importantly, right now is that Putin is under pressure at home for a whole host of things like civil rights. So he has to. It's, it's doing kind of what Thatcher did in the Falklands. You you got to create a war out of somewhere to take this pressure off yourself. So I think it's important for Putin to 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 deflect. And also to instigate national pride. Mm. Um, so it's important for him. But but you know, if you imagine that, imagine his his leadership under threat, along with Ukraine threatening to join NATO. You can see the reasons why this is building up. I can't think of any conflict that I can in, in my lifetime which didn't have a reasoning like that behind it. If you know what I mean, like uh, say the, the, the whole Kuwait thing when America went in with. Uh, Kuwait against um, Iraq, for example. You know, all these things, they have a build-up, they have a reasoning behind them once you get 
I mean, sometimes it takes 10, 20 years to find out the reasoning, but there is a reasoning behind it. There's a logic to why. It's not just a, a gung-ho thing. But they're, but what they're doing is they're changing the agenda because we're now on a footing where surely moving all those soldiers and, and the threat of invasion is, is dangerous to COVID, is it not? Mm-hmm. So why is this happening? Uh, are they saying that that's no longer on um, on the agenda, so to speak? You know, that it's no longer... Um, it's yeah. Are we going back to the the old days before we had COVID, where we could do stuff like this? <laughs> is that what's going on? Because I'm just asking the question. I just don't know what the answer is. I'm just asking the question. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, and everybody else, non-binary, binary, gender fluid or not, um, we are in 2022. We are. Now, the other thing is, in October, I wonder if you and I should go to this or should ask for an invitation. I don't know how flexible you are, but in October 2022, is it 2022? We're in now? Yeah. In, in October 2022 is the fifth, is the fifth year. So it's the, it's the party congress in China where they rubber stamp or decide on changing their leader. So every five years they have a conference and they, and they decide on the leadership of the country. Oh, wow. How democratic. Well, I'm wondering if we should be invited to it, really. Why? We're not Chinese national. We don't live there. No, we should cover it. I think we should cover it as a news item. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> Thinking. But it's only once every five vote? years, Jim. It's only once every <laughs> five years. This, 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 if we had that, that kind of privilege, we, should, we could probably get visas in time. <laughs> to vote. Yeah, well, we, could, we could apply, certainly. I'm not sure if they want us there, but we could apply. Kurosanaki requests two two visas to go to the party conference in in yeah. uh, Beijing or something, yeah. <laughs> um, but what's interesting is, I, I find it interesting, the, the sort of um, ambiguous response to human rights abuses around the world. Because hmm. you and I have covered before the fact that, um, sorry, you'll have to remind me of her name, the woman that's in the house arrest in... Is it in what country was it in? Born Sun Lee, I think. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, she's under house arrest. Everyone's forgotten that. The north of China, the Muslims are still being kept in camps. Everyone's forgotten that. And 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 this December coming up, they're going to have a World Cup in a country that has terrible human rights abuses, has no history of the sport that it's hosting, and has killed not deliberately, but has been responsible for the death of thousands of workers building stadiums that they didn't have until they until they put a lot of money in to have this, the bid, to have the World Cup in their country. This number has flown up. And I think, if I recall correctly, when we last touched on this, it was around, the, I think it was around 600 at the time. I thought it was more um, than that. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a lot to be said there. I think but that... Um, but what, it's not being discussed. The... Go on, go on. It's not being discussed. Mm. You know, like, sorry, I've got a figure here from The Guardian in February is 6,500 workers have died in Qatar. Wow. Wow. And to think, if that had happened in the UK, surely there would be many, many, many questions asked. Oh, absolutely. But I, also, I also query... Um, it's, I mean, it's quite a, a hazardous job, isn't it? Construction. Um, 
How many but people is, do die a year, like in the UK? No, but but the, the problem, the problem is, Jermaine, they had to get it done by this December. It's not like in the UK; you can take five years to build something. It had to get done ASAP. I just wanted to read you a quote that um, I saw here. Uh, talk to yourself for a minute because I want to just give you a quote which I found. Um, wanted to kind of just interject here uh, with a little bit of positive good news. Um, Julian Assange, I believe, has, uh, I think it's won an appeal. Um, so he's not free yet, um, but he's won an appeal. So there'll yeah. be, this This is a story that's going to extend, <laughs> you know. Um, so we kind of just have to bear with that whole process there. But this is, a, it's a good sign. It's a good sign. Um, a very good sign for the safety and security of the people around the world, let alone just in one or two countries. Um, but also the the issue of human rights, in, in which we're actually discussing right now. Like his human rights have been violated severely, and for a very long time. And and what's he actually under pressure for? What's he actually done wrong? for releasing information. He he whistle blew on things that were detrimental to the world. And as a, a result, he's been kept as a prisoner virtually for 10 years. Which is crazy. I mean, when you think about how ridiculous that is. Um, and the conditions that he stayed in. And, 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 he, and he's had so he far... And two countries so far have created um, mock reasons to have a trial about him around things like alleged uh, rape so they're, they're kind mm. of conjuring up fake charges to get him into their country so they can imprison him and stop yeah. him because you know as soon as he opens up properly a lot of people are going to end up very embarrassed by what he's going to say yeah now how about this i'll take you back to qatar very quickly go on yeah so the world media is reporting that 6,500 overseas workers have died on world cup related projects do you know how many the Qataris say have died? How many? Have a, have a wild guess, Jermaine. So they said, give us that figure again. So the world population, like the world media, etc., have said that 6,500 workers have died. Right. 6,500. Okay. And I want you to bear in mind, there's only 300,000 native Qataris only. It's a very significant piece of the population relative so how many, how many do you think the Qataris are saying you know when the world press says how can you oversee 6,000 deaths here what, what do you think they're saying what are they saying 22 oh you're, you're on the right lines but instead the Qataris say that they have been, there have been three deaths wow that's something Interesting. That's, that's that's a very very big difference. Yes. I mean, if, 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 if I was an accountant, then, then this was you know. <laughs> so the, the, yeah, Cup. that sounds like some fiddling going on there. So you got a World Cup in a country that's never had a World Cup, never had a football match before, didn't have stadiums in place until a year ago. Is now rushing through these stadiums, and most of the FIFA leadership is now in prison. For whatever happened to allow Qatar to get the World Cup. Mm. 
and we're all meant to forget about it and think it's just a fo- good old football tournament. Good old football, eh? It's a game. Hey, there you go. Thank you. Yeah, exactly, Jermaine. Thank you. Uh, sick as a parrot watching this. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, um, um, so well, it just struck me that, that I wonder if 2022, especially after what you told me about keeping my eye on the the, the solar planes, um, I wonder if we're not meant to believe that we're going back into normality again. And that normality will involve us all taking a massive hit economically while watching things like this happen around the world. You know, we've got two things here we're talking about already, which go against the whole nature of what was meant to be happening for the past two years, where the world was colluding to kind of create a more, a more livable place to be. A better world for us all. Well, that yeah. was the thinking, wasn't it? I mean, so now we've got we've got potential invasion of it, of Ukraine. We've got the potential macabre situation that's happening in Qatar. And we've got massive price hikes to most services in the UK. Oh. This is meant to be the new, brave new world we're walking into. It feels very much like we just put pause on normality and we're got, when they're just pressing play again. Yeah. And then the other thing that I heard was the increase of, of stabbings that are happening in the UK now of uh, youth on youth crime again. So that, that whole thing that, that we had before. So it, it just feels like someone's pressed the play button again. Mm. I mean, maybe you see it differently, but that's how I, I kind of view it right now. It feels very much like all the all the so-called common universal sort of approaches to this that we had before seem to have just been shelved, really. I mean, you know, the, the thing is, is that this has been happening even throughout the pandemic. I think there was a, a, a short burst or a short, like a, a bubble, if you like, where nothing was happening as everything was just shutting down. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I think people began to become a little bit unsettled. The youth began to become stuck of, you know, sick and tired of being stuck at home, um, not being yeah, at school. Yeah, yeah having to go through this whole new experience, being forced to go through this new experience of schooling yeah. remotely, yeah. where a lot of children need that presence. Um, we've had parents, <laughs> you know, this, this thing, it just spirals out and out and out. And, and so what I think the point of what I'm saying is that nothing has been attempted to be fixed within society, the, the root causes no, the exactly, sources exactly. of the, yeah. the issues aren't being looked at. So we have reoccurring issues. It was only it was on, it was bound to happen. Can I just bring you some very quick breaking yeah. news, Jermaine? Go on. Quickly Can just I... before we wrap up. Yeah, very quickly, because it's just hot for the press. Lord Agnew of Alton, I'm sure you know him. Lord Agnew of Alton. Uh, has resigned from the government. He was the he was he was allied to the treasury. He's resigned because he believes uh, 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 the shocking way that the government's handled the fraudulent COVID business loans uh, thing. You know, we talked in the past about giving deals. Can you just do this whole vote of no confidence thing? No, like, no. For, no or, like we, we know they can't because last week we saw all the, the extent of the bullying that they do or the alleged bullying that they do to stop people from from doing that. 
So they threatened people with projects that they were going to do in their area. They threatened them with exposing things to the press that they don't want exposed. So they basically really pulled people back in line. So no, that's not going to happen. It's funny, he's resigned because of the way the government's dealt with all this fraudulent COVID loans thing. And he's, but his final comment was, but this is not a ta- an attack on the Prime Minister. Well, I don't know what it deems an attack on the Prime Minister. You're saying the leader of the country has been involved in massive fraud around COVID, and then you're saying, but it's not related to him. <laughs> and on top of that... It's, it's this, suggesting it's, that we're gaslighting them. Come on. And to end with, Jermaine, we, we've got to do this story because it's so farcical, it's, it's humorous. So there's a, a, a woman who was in the Conservative Party who resigned because she felt anti-Islamic behaviour. She was told by, uh, I think, at least one whip, very anti-Islamic uh, things. And so she's made a complaint. And the gentleman who runs the country, who once said women wearing burqas look like letterboxes, said, don't worry, we're going to investigate this. How confident would you feel if you were her hearing that from him? Considering what he said about people yeah, exactly. of my time. Exactly. That, I didn't even want to go there. I was just not, going to keep not, it straight. Not very confident at all. No, no exactly. So, um, I guess we wait for um, we wait for her to, to take it up with him and see where that goes. I guess. I guess. I don't know. I guess that's what we, <laughs> we next it's, stage of that is. Fucking ridiculous. Absolutely. Completely I mean, ridiculous. I was watching the other day. I was watching Johnny English, and he seems way more sensible than Boris Johnson, and yet we end up with Boris Johnson. It's kind of it's just at weird. least he had or has good intentions. And, and a decent sense of humour. But both of those things, which our Prime Minister lacks, um, the only humour he has is, is at the expense of everyone else, really. Um, so I don't know where this leads us, but I'm, 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 I'm reflecting back to you that I'm taking on board what you said to me. And as I've sat and watched, I'm really noticing a lot of things in the world right now. And it's very interesting because I think they think we should all just get back to normal. And I wonder if that's actually to be discussed. TBD. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Thank you so much for today, Marky. It's been uh, quite a special episode. Our, uh, I'd, like, I'd just like to make a quick appeal yeah. to everyone. Can I make an appeal to everyone listening? If you're listening, could you please put forward Jermaine's name for International Host of the Year? Uh, I just think it would be amazing if he was to win that award above all the sort of Fox News and everything. Because the guys, in, as you can hear on here, absolutely outstanding. So that's my plea. To, if you're listening in one of the 33 countries we go out to, put a little X in the box, put Jermaine's name forward. Let's get movement, people. Let's rise. Big up to Nigeria. Big up to... Yes. Big up to Nigeria. They just got knocked out. The United, Ahmed, uh, the United Arab Emirates. We've got listeners there too. So thank you for tuning in. Um, and please, like, tweet us at underscore Curious yeah. or contact us on Instagram. Let us know what's happening over there. What's yeah, it like? Really. What's the vibe? What's the What's the news saying? What's What's the actual story? Let us know. Mark, uh, any final words? Yeah, just quickly. Um, you just said uh, about Nigeria. I want to send my commiseration to people of Nigeria, as your country just got knocked out as favourites of the African Nations Cup, the football tournament. Um, 
you were favourites and you've gone out to probably the smallest country ever to represent any country in Africa. So um, safe journeys and, and uh, there's always next time. Wow. Seems like the tables are turning. Indeed. Indeed. Let's, let's find out. Next time on the Curious Anarchy podcast. Thank you all so much for tuning in. It's much appreciated. Uh, we do appreciate the support, all the listeners, all the tweets and stuff that's been going on. Much, 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 much love. Um, thank you all so much. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.